God did some great things, and I believe that it was very prophetic, and it was also God speaking very clearly to us as a church, um, and last Sunday in particular with the threshing floor and the winnowing fork and uh, God separating the wheat from the chaff, and many of you come to me and you said, uh, you confirmed God's word, and you said, that's exactly what's been going on in my life, I just didn't know what to call it, and so God really is speaking, and he's, he's pouring out his, his, his spirit. He's speaking in powerful ways, and we can't go into a new season holding on to, the, to yesterday's stuff, can we? And so I don't believe that December 31st into January 1st is just a change of the calendar this year. I believe that, Jan that December 31st into January 1st is a very monumental time for this church going into a season like none of us have ever experienced. That's why there's growing pains. That's why there's things that hurt. That's why there's pruning process. That's why there's threshing. That's why there's a winnowing. That's why God's separating some things because we're about to go into a season that none of us have ever experienced and none of us have ever seen before, but I'm ready for what God has for us. Amen? And so... I'm excited, but in between last Sunday and next Sunday going into Christmas, there's what God wants to speak to us this morning, and <clears throat> when worship began this morning, and knowing what God had already spoke to my heart, and then when Sister uh, Naima stepped up, and some of the things she started speaking and declaring over this place, and even talking about the healing that God did in her life, she didn't know what God was about to speak this morning in this message. So this morning, I'm just going to give you, the, I'm going to start with the title. We're going to be, I want to be preaching to you this thought, Breakthrough Praise. Breakthrough Praise. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We're going to be in verses 21 and 22. Now, just because I just said breakthrough praise, please don't check out because some think we praise and, praise and worship too much, we sing too much, or we do this too much, or do that too much. Can I tell you that the Bible says, His praise shall continually be upon my lips. That means we're not praising Him enough. Amen? Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 21 and 22. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were routed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we've come into this house with thankful and grateful hearts. Lord, we know that there is power in the name of Jesus, and Lord, we know that the enemy has to flee at the mere mention of the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, I thank you for your power. I thank you for your presence, and I thank you for the praise that you want birthed out of this place today. God, we honor you. We thank you for your word. Now speak it to us very clearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Your praise is a powerful weapon that the enemy will try to kill and steal every single day. If the enemy can steal your praise, he's going to replace it with gripes and complaints. If the enemy can steal your praise, he's going to replace it with gossip and slander. I've shared this story before. I'm going to bring it up again. Maybe you don't remember it. I'm going to refresh your memory. 
there was a lady who had a, a bird, and that bird would sing and sing loud every single day. And the lady got a brand new vacuum cleaner, and it was a dirt devil. Anybody own a dirt devil? The lady would begin to clean, and she realized that the bird cage needed to be cleaned out. And so she's never done it like this before, but to help with time, she thought, well, I'll just open up the cage and grab the attachment and stick it in the bird cage and begin to suck out all the junk and the manure and all that stuff. Well, as she's opening up the cage and sticking in the attachment, her phone rings, her cell phone rings, and the, she's vacuuming, and she picks up the cell phone and begins to answer it, only to hear... <laughs> And she stopped and she realized that she just sucked up her little bird. She got off the phone real quick. She opened up that dirt devil. She got inside the, the compartment where all the dirt and the trash was at. And she found that bird. It was still alive. She, got, she cleaned that bird up. She took off all the dirt out of its eyes and got it out of its beak. Cleaned out its little holes in its nostril. And she put that bird back in the cage. And that bird never, ever again sang. The dirt devil stole that bird's song. My friends, I want you to understand something this morning. There's a devil loose in this place this morning. He's come to steal your song. And the junk of this world and all the garbage that you and I live through. You used to sing. You used to praise. You used to just focus on the Lord. But you've allowed all this other junk to rob you. And they've allowed the dirt devil, dirt devil to steal your praise. Come on. There's some of our young people, they go to winter camp, they go to camp, they go to this, they go to that. We go to revivals and we come back, we're fired up, we're singing, we're worshiping, we're praising God. And our praise is a weapon. Our praise is a weapon that the enemy despises. Why does he despise that weapon? Because he himself was the worship leader in heaven one day. He himself was in charge of all the music. And he got arrogant, he got haughty, and he got prideful. And God kicked him out of heaven for it. And, we, and the enemy attacks your praise because if he can keep your mouth shut, he knows he'll keep you from being a threat to hell. In times of crisis, many people in the Bible encountered various times of crisis, just like you or I. What you, if, you have, if you've been reading the Bible and if you continue to read the Bible, you will... Ver, you will find out very quickly that there is no new sin, there is no new issue, there is no new problem. Anything you've ever faced, anything you've ever encountered, they've already went through it and it's right there in the Bible. But I, every time I see breakthrough and I see victory, it was on the verge of someone, it came right off the cusp of someone praising and worshiping God anyway. People in the Bible had all kinds of crises. Their enemies hated them because of the blessings of the Lord on their lives. In times of crisis, the ones who beat the circumstances, even the most hopeless, had learned a tremendous secret. As they were crying out to God for help, they were weaving into the fabric of their prayers a stream of praise. Here's the issue with us this morning. Many people are not getting their prayers answered because all they're doing is praying. Father, I need you to move in the name of Jesus. But when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me. Come on, we're coming to the throne of grace without even offering up a praise of thanksgiving to him. You know, the, how many, I, me as a person, as an individual, when someone texts me, hey, pastor, I need this, my sarcastic response wants to be, hey, how are you? How's your day going too? 
Oftentimes we treat God as just a, 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 a vending machine. God, I want D1 for 25 cents or 50 cents. Instead of coming to him, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to offer up some praise and worship to you right now. He already knows your need. As you're coming, he's, oh, here comes Gabe. I know what Gabe has need of, but I wonder what Gabe's going to bring me first. I know what John has need of, but I wonder what John's going to bring me first. And I often wonder how disappointed God gets sometimes when all he ever sees brought to him is as a want. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do that. And he's like, yeah, they didn't praise me today. People in the, in the scriptures, they encountered times of crisis but as they prayed, they were weaving into the fabric of their prayers a stream of praise. They praised God for his mercy. They praised God for his power. They praised God for the covenant that he had made with his people. Come on, some of y'all this morning need to start praising God in advance for the answer that is coming. The Bible doesn't say that these people in the Bible were superhuman or they were super spiritual. They were real people with real problems, with real life-threatening circumstances. They were able to break through the crisis situations with the dynamic power of praising God. And one of these people happens to be a king named Jehoshaphat. Everyone say that name, Jehoshaphat. <clears throat> was he fat? I don't know. <coughs> Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. Now, Jonathan was speaking earlier because he began the service. Judah means praise. So you, if you are the king of a city whose city literally means praise, then you better know how to bring a praise break yourself. How are you going to be the king of something that, rep that represents praise? King Jehoshaphat was that king. He was the king of that nation. The entire armies of Moab, not just a few, the Bible says right here in 2 Chronicles 20, the entire armies, it wasn't just one army, it was the entire armies of Moab, the entire armies of Ammon, and the entire armies of Mount Seir came to destroy Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. Now this morning, it may seem like you're surrounded, but this is how you fight your battles. It may seem like you're surrounded and nothing is ever going to change. You're going to be stuck in that sickness. You're going to be stuck in what the doctor said. You're going to be stuck in that marriage with no, 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 no reconcilable issue, no reconcilable ways. You're going to be stuck in that mindset. And you may be surrounded by that because the enemy is telling you that nothing's going to change. But three, in the three armies, the entire armies of three different people groups, Moabs, Ammons, and the, Ammons and the, uh, Mount Seir, they surrounded Judah. And King Jehoshaphat didn't instantly break out into a song of praise or a dance or a shout. Come on. This shows me right here that King Jehoshaphat was just like me, was just like you. By his natural eye, he seems surrounded. By his natural eye, he seems, well, I'm the king. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? My mom and I was watching again. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time, but we were watching Wizard of Oz the other night. And a lot of times I think we're like that lion who, ha who lacks courage. He'll say, put him up, put him up, put him up. And then when that little chihuahua comes out and barks, and we're running away. But we've got to have courage, amen? 
even though we might seem like we're surrounded by all these issues, we might seem like we're surrounded by all these things going on in the world. And Jehoshaphat didn't instantly break out into a song of praise or a dance or a shout. But I want us to look at some things on how this, how Jehoshaphat went from being like you and I to moving into a breakthrough praise to where a breakthrough praise will ultimately bring, will bring a breakthrough victory. So the first thing I want us to understand this morning is the progression of breakthrough praise. Whew. Sister Debbie, I'm going to help you this morning. Why don't we just sing three songs and do three poems and a three-point three, three message and go home? That would be nice, wouldn't it? Don't you dare say amen. That's why we have Methodist churches. There is a progression to breakthrough praise. When we enter into his courts, or enter into his gates, into his courts with praise, there's a progression to breakthrough praise. You've got to understand that Jehoshaphat found himself in trouble. Just a couple songs. Why do we sing a song over sometimes? Because you don't understand the progression of this praise. You don't understand what you're declaring out of your mouth. If you are focused on how long something is being sung, then you, my friend, are not actually worshiping God. If you're watching your watch, or if you ever say, well, I don't like that song, then I'm sorry, but that song isn't for you. That song isn't about you. We don't worship here so to make anyone happy or make anybody feel good. The progression of praise is to offer up our praise to the one who redeemed us, the one who saved us, the one who called us out of darkness, the one who's bringing us into marvelous light. Jehoshaphat found himself in trouble. There was a progression that led Jehoshaphat to praise. Come on, church. How many of you know that becoming a believer in Christ does not exempt you from trouble? In fact, Scripture says, in this life, you will have trouble. And if you think just because you've become a Christian that you're exempt from trouble, oh, you're believing a lie. In fact, if you're a Christian and you're not experiencing trouble, oh, something might be going on with your walk. Hello. Because we, if you're comfortable in your walk with Christ, you're not a threat to hell. And it, most folks that are comfortable aren't the ones praising God on continually, continual basis. I promise you, three years ago, I got a phone call from Brother John telling me about Naima's sickness. Woo, you had to praise your way through that one, didn't you? How are you going to kill a liver on someone who travels the nation singing for the Lord? Woo, the devil is a liar. How are you going to tell you that you can't work knowing what God's gifted you with. It'd be easy to stop and quit, but there's something on the inside. Out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, that is who you are, even if the promise doesn't seem like it's coming. There's a progression of this praise. The trouble that Christians face make Christians stronger. How many of you this morning are stronger because you wouldn't, you've done been through some stuff? Hallelujah. You, the test became your testimony. I'm stronger because I've went through some stuff. Amen. 
Don't judge me because you've not walked where I've walked. Don't judge somebody's praise because you don't know what they praise through. With each new battle, a new lesson is learned and you achieve another level in exercising kingdom authority over the enemy. You don't, don't confuse kingdom authority and call it cockiness or arrogance. You don't know what devils have been defeated in the previous month or the previous year. Here Jehoshaphat, he's caught up in his feels. He's in his feelings. Just like you and I sometimes. The Bible's clear about Jehoshaphat's feelings in the midst of trouble. In fact, he sounds like you and I today. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. It says, then Jehoshaphat was afraid. Let me just stop right there for a minute. He's caught up in his feels, Bobby, in his feelings. Oh, my goodness. Put him up, put him up, put him up. I'm king. But we're surrounded. On every side I look, there's Ammon, there's Moab, there's Mount Sierra. What am I going to do? I'm the king. They're looking to me. I'm supposed to be this mighty king. I'm supposed to be this person who's leading a bunch of praise and worshipers. What am I going to do? Then Jehoshaphat was afraid, and then I like this next part, and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Have you ever been afraid? Of course you have. At one time or another, you face feelings of fear. Well, Jehoshaphat... It could have just stopped with, then Jehoshaphat was afraid, and and period. That's where a lot of us get to. Then Jeremiah was afraid, didn't do anything. That's where a lot of them in the church get to. But no, Jehoshaphat understood that it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, declares the Lord. Jehoshaphat said, Jehoshaphat did something, yes, he was afraid, but then he got to a place when he did something about it, and he called, called them to a time of, of fasting. Jehoshaphat did not remain in a state of panic. His fear brought him to his knees. He took spiritual action. His helplessness brought him to a place of crying out to God in prayer and fasting. Can I tell you, you should not wait until the first part of January every year in our church to fast. That's a corporate fast. Corporate fast where God's calling our church as a whole body to fast. And we'll do a 21-day fast starting on January 2nd. But... You should, fasting should be a part of your, de- of, your, of your spiritual discipline in your own life, in your walk with God. Fast social media. I was just reading something that, last night that people's, the, the anxiety as a, as a, is at an all-time high right now because of social media. Come on. Fasting should be a part of your spiritual discipline. Jehoshaphat did not remain in a state of panic. He did something. Fear took him to his knees until he took spiritual action. His helplessness brought him to a place of crying out to God. And he brought, he, he brought, he brought about prayer and he brought about fasting. And those two elements, prayer and fasting, are important elements and disciplines of your walk with God. Look at Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It tells us, do not be anxious about anything. What can we be anxious about? Do not be anxious about anything, but you don't understand. You're anxious about that. Don't be anxious about anything, 
but in everything. In what thing? Everything. Everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, not just the the fourth Thursday of November, but with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer and praise. Jehoshaphat was right to seek the Lord and to proclaim a fast. But understand something, the progression of praise. He did not stop there. In the middle of that solemn prayer meeting in Judah, when many religious people think that you should be quiet, that you should be still, Jehoshaphat progressed into praise. He first was afraid. He then, but why was he afraid? He had reason to be, right? He seemed surrounded. By all these enemies, three different armies, all armies. Then he set his face to the Lord in prayer. He called a fast and he prayed. But then as he's praying, he's like, hold up. I'm going to get a praise on. I'm going to put a praise on this. You may seem like you're going to take us out. You may, it may seem like you're going to do something. Come here. Where's uh, worship team? All of you, come stand right up here, please. Quickly, come on, worship team. Stand up here. Just face, the, face right, right there. Don't get by the altars. I'm going to walk behind you. Face, face the congregation. He was afraid. Then as he was afraid, the Bible says he set his face to the Lord. He began to pray after he called a fast. Then he put a praise on it. He could have called for mighty warriors armed with swords and shields. He could have called for great and mighty warriors to defend in battle, to go out and fight until I may go down, but I'm going down swinging. But he called forth the praise and worship team. And they began to sing. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, that is who you are. And they began to echo loud praise. Your praise is a weapon used against the enemy. So why is it that if your praise is a mighty weapon, why is it that you are keeping your mouth shut? Well, you don't understand how I praise. At some point, you better open your mouth. Because out of the mouth, amen? Out of the, well, I praise God my own way until some crisis comes to you. Jesus! We all get moved to a louder atmospheric thing when a crisis hits our life. You guys can be seated. Thank you. I shared with my wife. How many of you watched some football this week? Did you see all the praise and worship? Did you see the halftime show Thursday, Dallas Cowboys and the Redskins? 
you see the halftime show? Did you see the hands up for the performer as she's singing? Did you see the hands go up? People around the stage, hands went up in worship of the performer. How many of you have ever been to a concert? Do you see the worship? Hands go up, lighters come out, or they'll download the app on their phone. In form of worship to whoever is performing on the stage. But on Sunday mornings, that's just not how I worship. Show me the level of your praise and I'm going to show you how big your weapon is. I'm going to get behind some folks that know how to praise and worship God. We'll go into battle. We'll take a territory. We'll take a region for the kingdom of God with some people that know how to praise and worship God. The people that understand breakthrough praise. That I will not be silent. Jehoshaphat progressed into praise. He couldn't stand it anymore. He stood up and began to declare God's authority, his unsurpassable greatness, his power and his might. Old Jehoshaphat busted out and break every chain. You are a way maker. Lord God, he broke out into anything and everything that would just let the enemy know who he was in Jesus Christ. I know you're all prim and proper and you got your hands all folded just perfectly and nicely, but you need to get to a place where you just say to your neighbor, excuse me for a minute. God's been too good to me. Excuse me. Excuse me, Naima, the enemy tried to take you out when he took your liver. Excuse me, Sister Debbie, he tried to take you out when they diagnosed you with cancer. Excuse me, when they, Brother Al, when they tried to take you out and tried to take out family. Excuse me, Frank is right here when the enemy tried to throw you in jail and tried to take your family apart. Excuse me for a minute. I just got something to be thankful for. Excuse me for a minute by the doctor say I've got this ability and I'm not going to be able to work. Excuse me, I'm just going to thank you anyway, Jesus. My breakthrough praise. And the enemy's getting mad because he thought he had you down. He thought he would shut you up, but you're still getting up. You're still declaring the greatness of God. When Jehoshaphat finished his prayer and his praise with words, he said this, Lord, our eyes are upon you. The entire nation of Judah, men and women, kids, stood to their feet and raised their voices with Jehoshaphat and let out a breakthrough praise. I don't know if you caught that. When Jehoshaphat, and he appointed the praise and worshipers up front, when they began to declare the praises of God, everybody in Judah followed suit. Sister Debbie, they sang one song. They didn't have to prime the congregation. My gosh, if you think for a minute, every Sunday when you come in here, you're not surrounded by an enemy, you're surrounded. Sometimes your enemy's quiet because you're quiet. I'm good. I'll just keep my eye on them. They're not really threatening anything. But the moment you get up, <clears throat> the moment you clear your throat. So my, my boys growing up knew that as long as daddy's recliner was out and they would press buttons and get up under the skin of mama, Get up under the skin of me a little bit. They knew that once I cleared my throat and that, that seat came down, 
uh-oh, daddy means business. See, the enemy doesn't believe that the church means business anymore because the, the church isn't praising God the way they used to. The enemy does but I promise you the moment that the church steps up and says, <clears throat> excuse me, devil, I've had enough of this. You're not having your way with my kids anymore. You're not having your way with my finances anymore. You're not having your way with my wife, with my husband. You're not having your way with none of it anymore. Then when a church gets serious and starts declaring and praising God, Satan, you're not having your way with this community, this region anymore. When Jehoshaphat did that and Judah did that, at that very minute, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the priests. And I love this. God's people moved this priest to action with their praise. The Holy Spirit descended in the midst of his people and began to encourage them with a prophetic word. 2 Chronicles chapter, chapter 20, verse 15, the last part, and, chapter, and verse 17, the last part, tells us this. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Friends, I need to, you need to understand something this morning. It does take all of that, and it's just, not a, it's just not Jack Osteen saying a few words, but your praise will shatter your fear. Your praise will shatter your fear. I wonder if anyone would just be willing to get to a place where they say, okay, regardless if anything changes in my circumstances, your praise, I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to let your praise come off my lips. Regardless, God told these people that they wouldn't even have to fight in this battle. Whoo! Come on, we're, we're fighting a fight that we shouldn't even be fighting. We're trying to do it in our own strength. We're trying to do it like this because that's how we were taught to do it religiously. And Jehoshaphat tells them, you're not even going to have to fight. All you got to do is sing. All you got to do is sing. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. If I told you this morning that the key to your breakthrough and the key to your victory was all you had to do was sing and praise God, I wonder if our praise and worship would go to a whole nother level. The Levites and the priests stood up and began to shout praises to the Lord, of God, Lord God of Israel with loud voices. And maybe your life isn't hunky-dory. Maybe your life is perfect. Maybe your life is all hunky-dory, but I know mine. I've got some issues. In fact, turn to your neighbor and point at them and say, I know you got some issues. Now tell them you know you might be one of them. Yeah. Even on my, understand, I wasn't born breathing and speaking Bible words. I didn't come out of the womb singing praises to the king. I didn't come out of the womb praying in the Holy Ghost. On my best day, I still have to face the onslaught of the attacks coming from hell. On my best day. I knew it was up to something this morning when I walk in and I get a phone call, phone calls after phone calls, pastor is the bus running, pastor is the bus running, and I'm sitting there and I'm reading it, I'm like, come on, really, why am I having to deal with these phone calls, I'm not in charge of the bus. 
And I had to go and ask my wife to come in and pray with me because I was starting to get a little attitude on a Sunday morning. God forbid. And she said, Father, don't let him speak out of frustration. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful my wife praying for me? <laughs> Even on my best days, we, I have to face an onslaught of hell and the attacks that it brings. I've got to declare his mercy. I've got to declare his grace. I've got to declare his power. I've got to declare his promise. And I've got to declare his victory over my life. So I've got to praise God. I've got to praise God. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Where's that verse today? Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I'm going to count to three, and I dare you to shout Jesus louder than you've ever shouted. No, don't be prim and proper about it. If you were at LSU or if you were at a Wampus Cat game, and by, they're, they're on their way to state, praise God. If you were all doing all that, you would shout unto God. You would shout unto that team with a voice. So on the count of three, I dare you to shout Jesus at the top of your lungs. Why? For any other reason, because you've never done it. One, two, three. Do you know all of hell just shattered right then? All of hell quivered right then. Because you shouted the name above all names and that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And sometimes when all hell is breaking loose against you and there's nothing going on but it's just you and your house, your husband's not with you, your wife's not on board with you, whatever, I dare you to get in your, in your house, in your living room, fall to your knees, Jesus! Sometimes that's all you need to do. He understands that. Number two, spend all that time on the progression of praise. Yeah, now we're going to look at the pattern of breakthrough praise. The pattern. How many of you know there's a pattern? There's a pattern. Shout of victory. This is the pattern for us when we find ourselves surrounded by the enemy. It's time to cry out to God. To study the word of God for his, for his direction. To listen to his voice and then praise him with a loud shout of victory. The shout of victory is your declaration that your total trust is in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is exactly what Jehoshaphat did here. And I don't know about you, but this gets me excited. What a powerful revelation that God fights for us. Woo. I had this weird dream, and I contemplated sharing it. I shared it with my wife my, and Jonathan. I shared it with Brother Gabe this morning. But I'm going to share it because I really believe it's going to help somebody. Is that okay? Yeah. Whether you think it's weird or not, it's going to help somebody. How many of you know people can get under your skin? They can. And I'm just to be honest, I love everybody here, but sometimes being a pastor, people just get under my skin. Sometimes my flesh rises up, and I want to drive over to that person's house and say, you said what? You said what about me? You better know, you better know your word. Touch not God's anointed. Do his prophets no harm. You're about to reap some coals upon your head. But I had a dream this week. Was it Friday? Weird dream. First, I thought I was in a zombie apocalypse or something with this dream. But in my dream, I'm laying there on the bed. I'm real calm. 
and people are peeling my skin off piece by piece. And one person revealed, uh, peeled off a piece right by my ribs, and you could see my rib cage, and I'm just real calm. You're not going to be calm with people peeling your skin off one, okay? So you had to know God was doing in the middle of that somehow. And my wife's so full of the wisdom. I was like, this was weird. I don't know what it means. She said, well, maybe it means that God is wanting you to remain calm even as people are getting under your skin. Ooh, I, well, I felt breakthrough in that. Amen. Pick all you want. Amen. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Hallelujah. Like a tree planted by the water. When you're fixed on him and not on the circumstances, when you're focused on worshiping and pleasing him only and not on everybody picking, then I know I don't have to get in my truck and go to somebody's house and say, you said what? I'm going to fight my battles, talk how you want to talk, say what you want to say, gossip if you want to gossip. All you're doing is hurting yourself. You're not going to stop my praise. Amen? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow regardless if someone's picking at me, regardless if something has happened to me. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives, I will not be quiet. Because he lives, I will, not, I will not back up. I will not back down. And I will continue to march forward. Because he lives. We've got to keep praising him. My job is to keep praising him and thanking him while he goes about the work of delivering me. Come on, church. Jehoshaphat didn't stop praising. Sister Debbie... Jehoshaphat, Judah didn't say, I wonder when the worship team's going to stop. I wonder when he's going, well, I wonder when Pastor Jehoshaphat's going to quit acting crazy up there. I wonder when they're going to let us go. Some of us have, le have left too soon, and we've quit too soon, right on the verge of our breakthrough. I'm convinced that some of you this morning are right knocking on the door of breakthrough. Come on. Jehoshaphat didn't stop praising. He was so convinced that deliverance was on the way, he didn't call the warriors of the mighty men of battle. Jehoshaphat called the anointed worship team. When most, when most kings would send out mighty warriors, Jehoshaphat sent out worshipers. He sent out justice, playing a keyboard and singing. He sent out Sister Debbie kicking that heel. I'm not making fun of anybody, but you got to understand the pattern of praise. He sent out a Naima who understands that you can kick a door down with your praise. The army of Judah was full of God's people praising God. In our day and age, if we had the same type of threatening situation, General Motors would stop making cars and they would start making weapons for war if we were surrounded by three major armies. We all have a powerful weapon and it's called praise. I sing praises to your name, oh Lord. Come on, sometimes that's all I can do. Sometimes I'm driving 
And the weight of the church, the weight of ministry, the weight of family, the weight of everything just is getting on me, and I just start praising God. And i got to pull over because tears are just falling. And you know at the bread light sometimes people look over and they think, well, that person got to be about half crazy. Yeah, because i got, I got uh, Eddie James bumping in my speaker. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship. Yeah, they think I'm thumping to Jay-Z or somebody. No, it's, uh, it's, it's Eddie James. When you keep your mouth shut, you are no threat to the enemy. Understand that. When you keep your mouth shut, you are no threat to the enemy. Judah marched toward their enemy singing, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Their worship got God's attention and God sent an ambush against the enemy and utterly destroyed them. Understand, their praise and their worship activated God's movement. Their praise and their worship, God sent an ambush and ambushed their enemy. Whoo! Come on, church, it does take all of that. If we could learn to use the secret weapon of praise, we would have breakthrough every single day. I don't care what trouble or problem you find yourself in, you got to praise your way out of it. Paul and Silas in the middle of the midnight hour, in the middle of the deepest, darkest part of the dungeon could have said, oh my goodness, we've been doing this for God. And look at what they've done, went and done. God, you said, God, you promised, blah, blah, blah. And just began to weep and sorrow and all this. No. They had a praise and worship meeting in that jail cell. An earthquake happened. Prison doors came open. Shackles came off. Deliverance happened right there because somebody didn't gripe. Somebody opened their mouth and declared the praises of God. In their praising God, never did Paul and Silas say, would you get me out of this prison? Nope. The GPS thing didn't change for him, but the surroundings sure changed. Friends, as you break through in praise, the devil can't tolerate those powerful words. Why is there such a fight on Sunday mornings to get to church? Why is it that you fight more on Sundays getting to church than you do throughout the week? Why is it that you're so tired on Sundays to even get into the house of God that the rest of the week you're everywhere else where you need to be? Why? Because the enemy is fighting you. The enemy doesn't want you to praise. And Mondays we get so caught up in the routine of life that we don't praise. We hit that snooze button about 10, 15 times. Oh, i got to run out the door now. When if we would wake up and say, thank you, Jesus, our Mondays are great. Our Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays are great. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Even on a Monday. Oh, what a foretaste. He says to taste and see that he is good. As you break through and praise, the devil can't tolerate your powerful words. Don't allow the dirt devil to steal your song, friends. Third thing you got to understand is the power of breakthrough praise. The power of breakthrough praise. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. We have an added blessing in assuring our hearts toward praise. 
It's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When I feel attacked and when I feel surrounded, I begin to lift up my voice in praise and worship. Sometimes I don't know what to sing and I don't know what to say, but I just start to say, and I just begin to sing and I begin to praise and I begin to just speak in my heavenly language. Because you understand something, your heavenly language is a language that the enemy cannot understand at all. It confuses him, he doesn't understand it, and it scares him senseless. My gosh, they got more than Jesus, they got the Holy Ghost too. Hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit comes into the midst, all anguish, grief, and fear has to leave. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a precious gift to be desired, and you should seek the Lord for it until you receive it. Amen? It's not something to put on a shelf. It's not something to just take down off the shelf every once in a while. You pray daily in that thing. You exercise that daily. It is a gift to be desired. And if you're here this morning, you don't understand it, that's okay. I don't know that I understand all of it. But I know it's a gift, and I know that it it brings power. The baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than anybody else. It makes me better than me. And I know that when the Holy Spirit is activated in my worship, and I know when the Holy Spirit is in the room, we're going to have a breakthrough time. Amen? He alone has been too good to me. He alone deserves my praise. Pardon me for a minute this morning, but the Holy Spirit is here, and we were singing about it. We wait for you. The Holy Spirit's here. The Holy Spirit is here, and I heard the Lord speak so very clearly. Yes, I'm in the room, and he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. He's been too good to me for me to keep quiet. And I know, I know <coughs> some of y'all have said, have even made this, made this, you not said it to me directly, but I've heard through the grapevine, the grapevine needs to be cut off, by the way. I wish pastor would just be quiet outside the walls of this church some. No, God gave me a trumpet. Amen. I can't be quiet. I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm going to declare the praises of God. And I'm going to declare, I'm going to push back darkness in this region. We're going to take this region for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And God's looking for an army of people that will stand up and praise and worship and have some breakthrough praise. And I'm telling you, if you were here last Sunday night, you witnessed a miracle. You witnessed a miracle. That many churches, that many of different races coming together, a 50-plus choir up here, the spirit-filled mayor of Leesville preaching the gospel. One of our pastors, uh, Pastor Johnson, told me, he said, when you said the mayor was preaching, I thought you were crazy. I knew he could speak on political things, and I knew he was a Christian, but I've been in this area for over 25 years, and I never knew him to be a preacher I thought you were nuts when you told me you were going to have him speak. I wasn't listening to other people's voices. I was listening to the voice of God. We we witnessed breakthrough praise last week. I'm telling you, the enemy's mad. He is mad. He alone 
He alone, the God, the Holy Spirit has the power to set me free, to heal me, to touch me, to encourage me, to deliver me. His mercy endures forever. Last point I'll make this morning. The prize of breakthrough praise. The prize of breakthrough praise. Real victory. After the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir were totally destroyed, the people of Judah went to inspect their dead bodies. Well, I sing praises to your name. Well, they're dropping like flies. Boom, 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 boom. Look at this. Sing louder, y'all. The enemy's dying. Sing louder. Sing louder. Oh, that one got choked up, literally. Oh, that one just killed over. Ha, huh? keep singing. After they were delivered and they were after the ambush and the enemy was destroyed, Judah went to inspect their dead bodies. This one dead. Oh. <laughs> I think Jesus comes in our services sometime inspecting dead bodies. Hello. Hello. But he, they're inspecting the dead bodies. How many of you know that when you offer God sacrificial praise, he always gives you back more than what you gave him? Because if you all go on and read that story, there was so much treasure on, this, on these armies so much treasures, gold and jewelry and all this. It took them three years to get all the spoils off of the dead army. All because they sang praises to their king. All because their praise and worship went before and destroyed the enemy. It took them... Woo, Where's our ushers that was here this morning? Brother Bill, how would you like it to take three years to take up the offering? Oh, hallelujah. That'd be amazing. I'll tell you right now, if, we, if I was to tell you that if we started praising and worshiping God like they did in this, in this story, that it would take three years for the men of this church to bring in the spoils and to bring in the offering, y'all wouldn't stop praising because everybody benefits from those blessings. Amen. God truly triumphed over his enemies, over the enemies of his children. And church, the enemy hates to see you enjoying the blessings of God. He will do his best to rob you of those blessings, to strip away your joy and your praise. And understand something. The greatest attack, oftentimes your greatest attacks come from the enemy on the heels of a great spiritual victory. You know, Sunday night, I had several... African-American pastors come up to me, and they said, Pastor, thank you. You're doing it. You've done in a short time what we've been desiring to see for over 20 years. And I went home, and I said, thank you, Jesus. But do you know me and my wife have fought more this week than we have in, 20 some, in 10 years? Do you know that we got, it got, we, we got so focused on each other's issues at one point this week that my, oldest, my youngest son had to say something. He said, hold up. Do you guys understand what the enemy's doing? Oftentimes, the greatest attacks come right off the heels of a great spiritual victory. Amen? And we know that God's doing something in us, trying to take us to a place, because he, he can't bring the church to a place that we ourselves are on our way to. Amen? So the enemy is going to try to rob your praise. He's going to try to rob your voice. He's going to try to get you speaking to the wrong things. 
Every time you make a spiritual advance, the devil feels threatened. In 2 Samuel, David was crowned king of Israel in Hebron. The Philistines heard the news, and they came out against David to defeat him. Here he was just crowned king, and then here they come right after he gets this spiritual victory. It was promised to me when I was a little boy. I was out feeding the sheep, and he showed up at Jesse's house, my daddy's house. Don't you have another son? David, prophet's here to see you. Pours anointing oil over him. You will be king over. You will be king to rule. Now that time has come, and he's crowned king. And now they they show up to take him out. God, are you serious? Are you serious? Every time you make a spiritual advance, the devil feels threatened. You move ahead in God, the enemy will ultimately challenge your advance. He does not want to lose his control over your life. That's why he sends people, things like Jezebel. That's why he sends things like Leviathan. That's why he sends these spirits to come and attack you, to try to take you out, to derail you, to distract you. That's why he even sends disguised blessings. Did you hear what I just said? Disguised blessings. It may appear to be a blessing. It may benefit you, but is it really of God? See, the fruit of the tree appeared to be a blessing, and it appeared to benefit Adam and Eve, but it was to their downfall. Satan will even use success to rob you of the praise and worship that's due to God. To keep you trapped, to keep you surrounded by an enemy that you do not see. Satan does not like your praise. David responds the same way Jehoshaphat did. In second, he, we'll go there in a minute. But the Bible says that David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord gave David the word to go up. And David defeated the Philistine army. Rather than taking credit for himself, David opened his mouth and praised God by saying in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20, he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Friends, breakthrough praise leads to breakthrough victory. Seek God with all your heart, acknowledge your fears and concerns, search the Bible, listen for God's voice. The Word of God is anointed, and the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage, destroys, annihilates the yoke of bondage, and it does that with the fear in your life. Open your mouth and declare the greatness of God and the, the greatness of His nature, the greatness of His power. Taking a stand against the enemy, rise up, lift up your heart, lift up your hands, lift up your voice toward heaven, and boldly declare the praises of God. So you just got to get to that place, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and we're going to praise, and I wonder if you're going to be bold enough to break through praise and to praise God like you've never praised Him before. Please don't sit there all prim and proper. If you've got something to be thankful for, he deserves that praise. Amen? Amen. Continue in a lifestyle of praise until the victory comes. And I like what David said in Psalms 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. At all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hear me and hear me well. This is not Pastor Jack just trying to get people to do something. I'm not about a show. If I want a show, I'll go down here to Lee Hills and I'll buy a ticket and go watch a movie. 
But I know there's breakthrough on the cusp of your praise. I know that there's victory when you open your mouth. I know there's victory when you step out of your comfort zone and you do as the scriptures say. You lift up your eyes. You lift up your hands. And you shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You declare the praises of him who brought you out of darkness, brought you into his marvelous light, who saved you, redeemed you, called you by name, who knows the very hairs on your head. He does. Breakthrough with prayer. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Well, we're going to go back in the Waymaker. Can we do that? Yeah, we, can do that. We, we don't need anything soft and calm right this minute. I know that when Je- Jehoshaphat, here, we're, going to do, we're going to do this in a minute, okay? Here's the altar call. I'm going to ask you to come. Seek the face of the Lord. Then I'm going to ask you to, do, I'm going to, ask you to go through this progression. Seek the face of the Lord. You're praying. Determine in your life between the now and the end of the year something that you're going to try to fast one day a week, whatever. Then get up from seeking the Lord and start declaring the praises of Him. If you have an issue, and all of us do, the answer is found on the other side of your praise. Whatever your problem, whatever your circumstance, praise your way through it. I like the words that they used to say in the old church. Some through the waters, some through the flood. Some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night, season, and all the day long. Come on. What kind of praise and worship are you going to give God, not just on Sunday, but tomorrow? When the music is faded... And all has slipped away. Well, can you praise him by yourself when there's nobody around? So that's the call. Come and seek the Lord. They sit in Judah, but it's like Judah this morning. I'm not Jehoshaphat, but I'm standing like Jehoshaphat this morning. You are surrounded. You are surrounded. Come on, worship team. Let's go to another level. Come on, drummer. Let's go.